0: Welcome to the show, here's my dad.
1: On this episode of the Infant Adoption Guide Podcast, we talk with Clay Steves, an adoptee and a dad through adoption. (music) Well, hey there, welcome back to the Infant Adoption Guide Podcast. My name's Tim Elder, a dad of three through infant adoption. This is where we talk about infant adoption because we want to give you the hope, the inspiration, the resources, the community to get going on your adventure, to build your family through adoption. That's what you're thinking about 24 seven. I know I've been in your shoes and I thank you so much for joining me today because we have a really special episode. Love this guy. Clay Steves is a awesome dude. He is uh, just passionate uh, and he's got a great voice and he just loves his family and just what a perspective. Being a guy, an adult adoptee, and then adopting a son when he has biological children. And then in the midst of that being reunified with his birth mom is just an incredible story. And you're going to hear about that story with clay in a moment. But before we do that, I want to invite you to go to our Facebook group. If you have not joined yet, it's an incredible group of support only for people that are wanting to adopt no other part of the adoption triad that is in there. I mean, not that we don't want them to be, uh, or not that we don't love them. We certainly do love the adoption triad, um, the birth families and the adoptees. But this group is specifically for you and me that are on the road to adopt and or have adopted already, and it's a support group. And I'm the admin for it. We take special care of you in there, and we want it to be a safe place for you go to infiniteoptionguide.com and at the top of the page you'll see how to get into the Facebook group and while you're there in the Facebook group say hi introduce yourself and we'll say hi back I'll, I'll be in there with you and I'm working on an even better place an even more special place to get even better more personal community uh that you can get uh, and help each other along the way and I'm just teasing that out a little bit because Not ready to launch yet, not exactly sure what it's going to even be called, but it's a special group of people, specifically you that can join and be part of a special community that's just smaller, more intimate, safe, personal space, and that we can learn about adoption together. We can grow together. We can support each other because adoption does not stop when the baby's placed with you. It starts. So we're going to get into the uh, interview right now with Clay Steves, an adult adoptee and a dad through adoption. Enjoy. All right, our guest on the show today is Clay Steves, and he is a, a dad through adoption. And uh, after emerging from his rebellious college season, he lived a typical life uh, expected by him and his family standards. Anyway, and at the age of twenty-nine, he was going through the motions and living life everyone supposedly desired, and by all worldly standards, he had it all with a successful marriage, two kids, a favorable job, produced financial success, but that's until life rattled him to his core, as he says, and sent him on a transformational journey to uncover who he really is and what he's uniquely created to do. And nearly 10 years later, now he's been married to his wife for over 15 years. They have five kiddos total, four biological and one adopted and he is an advocate for adoption and reunification. He's the owner of an orthopedic device sales company, and he's also an author and the host of a podcast called Convos with Clay. And uh, they prioritize family dinner around the table, financial giving, hosting others in their homes, serving the local church, all good stuff. Welcome to the show, Clay. How are you doing?
0: Man. I'm great. You just took me down uh, memory lane right there. So it's like, it's like emotional and fantastic. All of you above at the same. Yeah.
1: There's a little, yeah, little yeah, bit of a roller coaster so. there, right?
0: <laughs> I was trying to keep up with it. Like, yes, yes, yes. Make sure. It, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. All accurate. Yeah. Things I'm passionate about and my story. No doubt about it. Thanks for having me, Tim. Really, really excited to be here. Love love the heart uh, of your podcast. And yeah, I'm very, very passionate about adoption, restoration, reunification, all of it.
1: Yeah. And I can't wait to get into that because, you know, we get a lot of folks asking us about, you know, can we get an adoptee, an adult adoptee perspective? Mm. And now, and you being a guy and an adoptee and a dad through adoption, I mean, we've got the, you know, the perfect scenario here with that. <laughs> the gray well maybe not perfect the imperfect scenario uh but you're you're the right guy i'm so so excited to have you on the show uh and just talk about all this stuff because it's there's some great um insights uh that i can't wait to dive into and the the first one really is just kind of tells the story like and i know we could probably go the whole 40 minutes here about how you were adopted and what life was like (laughs) and how you adopted your kid yeah and what it was like but that we'll get into the details of that, but it just kind of briefly go over your your story, how, how you were adopted, what life was like for you as you grew up in your family.
0: Man, you want to have some fun. I'm just going to throw us a curveball. You can you can delete this if you want, Tim. But uh, my, my phone goes on silent, do not disturb when we record podcasts. Um, but I often leave it on so that I can search for notes or things if I need sure. to. It, it's quieter than a keyboard, right? My birth mother just called oh my. right now. So just, I just am adding wow. a fun nugget. Uh, so wow. I'm excited to be able to connect with her. I'll call her here in a little that's bit. That's cool. Um, so that was just, it, got, it was a God, God little nugget right there. Yes. God was gracious right there in a moment. Um, <clears throat> you know, I can't remember being told that I was adopted. And that's mm. actually something I greatly value from my parents is that it was just always... It was always a part of my story. It was always a part of our family. And my mom always had this uh, fun phrase and she'd be like, honey, honey, you came, you came from my heart, not from my tummy. And that's the worst voice I could ever do for my mom. So sorry, mom, I apologize for butchering because I'm, I'm losing my voice right now. But it really was just something that was embraced uh, in our household, Tim. And yeah. I loved, I love that fact uh, because because being an adoptee, and even as an adult, uh, as I really try to process it better now, I would say better, maybe in a, a more healthy, more mature way now, you know, <clears throat> adoption is a paradox. Hmm. And um, I, was, I was reflecting on this just yesterday. Uh, my family and I drove home from Texas to Oklahoma, and we actually drove right by the street where uh, I was placed for adoption uh, in Fort Worth, Texas. Hmm. And so as I saw the street sign go by, I was just reflecting about it. And man, adoption's a paradox. Um, where there's relinquishment and being chosen at the same time where, and I used to say this as a kid is that I felt, um, I wore it like a badge of honor, like, you know, first day of kindergarten, first day of fifth grade, whatever it was like, tell something unique or cool about yourself. I used to say that and I was like, Oh, I'm adopted. This is a, you know, a badge of honor, (laughs) but I often, but then I often felt like a black sheep in my own family. Hmm. And so it's kind of this paradoxical experience And, and all of that. I'm just trying to paint an accurate picture. And at the same time, and praise my parents because they made it, they made it normal. Um, they they just embraced me, they chose me, uh, they 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 didn't hide anything from me. They shared what they knew of the story, and I just always appreciated that. So that really is kind of the foundation that I grew up with. From I guess the from an adoptee perspective, and that was um, how how my parents addressed it when I was a young young boy.
1: Yeah. So you were adopted into a family that other they had biological children already? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Correct. I had one, one biological big sister who was six years older than me. Okay. Correct statement. Okay. Yep. Yep.
1: And so you grew up in your family knowing you were always adopted. You were as a badge of honor at times and other times mm-hmm. you kind of felt like a black sheep. Did after you moved out of your family, your, your family home as you're growing up and you're out on your own again, does it, did that ever come back up? Did those feelings come back up or did you still feel like a black sheep?
0: You know, with my story at, you know, you referenced it in the intro, my rebellious season, I think that was the phrase. Mm-hmm, we used. Mm-hmm. Um, really, it was in that season, I, I was, I was pretty reckless uh, with my approach, especially, uh, well, with my approach with life. And often when we make reckless decisions, those closest to us bear the brunt of, uh, you know, the wake of destruction that, that a person can inflict. Uh, on themselves. And again, those closest to them. And so I was pretty reckless with my words as a young man, uh, eight young man, young adult, I should say 18, 19, 20. And I really hurt my adoptive mom Mm. with kind of my approach. Um, I probably used the scenario, I probably weaponized it um, in an unhealthy way. And she was full of grace and very patient, but it was very hard uh, for her. And so really when I I'll say when I kind of got the veil off of my own eyes uh, and when I softened my heart, um, just as a, as a person, I didn't want to hurt, uh, those closest to me. And so I really kind of buried it to, to answer your question about, did I explore it more? Did I chase it? I really just kind of buried it, moved on. Mm. And it wasn't for years that I probably, my wife was, um, probably more inquisitive as to, you know, my biological history to try to understand as we began to have biological kiddos to understand potential health challenges or, you know, family history, those kind of dynamics. She was yeah. a more curious than I was. Um, but that's again, because I didn't want to hurt, um, my family around me as I had previously used, use that dynamic as a, maybe a wedge and a tension point between me and my adoptive parents.
1: Okay. So you get married and you start having biological children. Yep. Where, at what point did you guys decide, you know what? Adoption is for us. That's how we want to add to our family.
0: Yeah. Um, and I want to, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell this story and I just want <clears throat> to clarify on the front end of it that our experience, um, was just our experience that led to adoption. And so, you know, we, we got pregnant two with two biological kiddos pretty quick, first try, so to speak, like, okay, we're going to get pregnant and we got pregnant. And then uh, a year and a half later, okay, we're going to try again. And we got pregnant again. And so we had two bio kids, two and a half years apart to mm. the day, to be exact. And we were like, okay, we're going to have our next kiddo. And and we got prego and uh, my wife ended up having a miscarriage. Mm. And so in and, and the, the nuance I want to do there is that anybody who's listening that may have been battling um, infertility or challenges, it doesn't always mean that's a sign. But for us, that began to be a challenge for us. Uh, we couldn't get pregnant again. We kept feeling a tug to expand our family. And, and we couldn't. We couldn't by, uh, you know, um, um, biological, the two of us um, means. And so we, we began to, I'll probably say, have uh, more open eyes and open hearts to other ways to expand our family. Um, we began to you know at our local church there was a big fostering movement and in the state of Oklahoma at that time there was a an organization called the 111 project it was essentially trying to engage the local church to help meet meet the crisis of uh, kiddos and needs of families because essentially if every church in our state at that time had been willing to take in one kid we could have gotten every child out of Mm. um, out of shelters and out of uh, tough situations and into a healthy home and so you know, we, we wanted to be a part of that. We wanted to step into that. And so for us, that was actually how we got into kind of uh, grafting families was through fostering. And, um, and again, continuing to try to get pregnant um, through that season, but, but unable to, as we began to uh, foster a little boy.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So the boy that you were fostering and you ended up adopting and he was your number three
0: correct statement. Yeah. So, so through the, you know, and and that wasn't our objective, um, but through circumstances, you know, completely out of our control, his family ended up, his mom and dad unable to um, reunify with him. And it's just a heartbreaking scenario. And that's always, I think that's just a a truth we always have to rest in. And we kind of, even like I talked at the top of the, the conversation about, um, I, I once heard somebody say that adoptive families are built on the grave of another family. Mm. And the first time I heard it, I was like, man, that is a harsh, harsh. statement. It is harsh. I know, I yeah. know. But then if we sit with it for a second, I think there's some, some veins of truth in it. And that doesn't mean um, beauty doesn't come from that. That doesn't mean um, right. family doesn't come from that. That doesn't. But, but I think there's some truth that if we can accept that truth, um, that allows us to build healthy families out of it. And so that's, I think that's the part that was heartbreaking for us was we were um, observing and watching all of that pain on Mm -hmm. the front side. And then as this little man, um, whose name means fire, by the way, man, of fire, and he (laughs) is that, I promise you, um, as he was in need of a permanent family. And for us, it was uh, um, something we really felt called to and excited about, and I can't, you know, weaving it all together, in this season, my biological mom started to reach back out to me. Well, she actually wrote a, parents to my, a letter to my adoptive parents and began to and began to essentially say, "Thank you. Um, I believe you're the parents of my um, of, a, of a baby boy that I placed for adoption many many moons ago." And so I began kind of my reunification process because she had reached out to my adoptive parents all the while that we were fostering and then moving towards adoption with um, with our with our son and so it was a pretty uh, unique season upstream downstream for me wow. and kind of the ground after family, looking at those dynamics, learning what that looks like and how really family and love is, is a choice, right? It's just, you wake up every single day. It's not a feeling. Um, and, and from my perspective, it's not even um, uh, a biology. It's a choice. You wake up and you do it every single day. And so it really was a, a unique season for us where both of those things were going on at the exact same time, literally at the That's exact
1: That's crazy. Time. And so you had yeah. no, you weren't searching for your biological family or anything that she came to you through your adoptive family, through your family, right? So you came to you,
0: you, you got it. Correct. And, um, and the full story, Tim, and and you, you know, I faith is faith and, uh, is a a big deal to me. And so when I tell my story, it just kind of comes out. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, I was, I was actually at my church, going through something called the kazon process and kazon is the hebrew word for vision or purpose and the the goal of that exercise and of that content is to help you discover your purpose the vision for your life and as i was going through the process one of the things that they have you do is this exercise where you basically look at your past experiences and how they've shaped you and there's this there's um the way they do it is they give you a window of time and you get post-it notes of different colors and you write out different color post-it notes, you know, some for positive events, some for negative events. And I remember vividly that day, my, my event, uh, or sorry, my, my negative events post-its were like this magenta color. And for that rebellious season that we've kind of referenced a couple of times, I'm like writing events and lots of magenta is flying onto my personal experiences timeline. And in my own, um, and I'm going to use this loosely, but I'm also just going to call it what it is. Like, I felt like a tug or an urge that was like, go back to school. And that's because I had actually failed out of college previously Um, in my rebellious season that we've referenced, I actually dropped out of college. And so now as a grown adult who is uh, now fostering and who now has multiple kids and is now going through all this, I was uh, feeling prompted to go back to college. And so I did, I was taking night classes, you know, studying American literature while running our own business, all these kind of things. And as I graduated uh, in December, um, that was the day actually that my birth mom wrote the letter to my parents. Oh, wow. and so I just weave all that because the letter went to my parents and that was a very healing time, uh, finishing school. And so my parents were very trusting, um, were, were quite remarkable in their faith to share that letter with me because they didn't have to. And I right. chose again, kind of like when I talked about as a kid to just embrace it and say, Hey, this is, this is our son and he's got a different story than a lot. And so we're just going to continue to embrace that and love him and trust him to navigate it. And so they gave me that, which then allowed me to, uh, Begin the process of reunifying with my biological mother.
1: Yeah. Did you sit on that letter for a while or did you try to figure out <laughs> what do I do with this letter?
0: <laughs> I put it in my nightstand and I said, no, thank you. No, no joke, man. I just, I started laughing when you asked the question because if I could go back and get in my poor wife's mind, because I got that letter, I read it and it was so heavy. Um Yeah. Not, and not, not anything she wrote was heavy, but just, you know, I was 29 the years old at that yeah. time. Correct. Yeah. And so it was so much, it was so unexpected. I had quote unquote buried that hatchet or, you know, I had buried that, um, that season or that pursuit. And so, yeah, it was a lot and I put it in the nightstand and I just moved on. Like nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> and it was almost just like a ticking clock in there uh, for my wife, not for me and just cool part of the story. Um, Few weeks went by, I think it was probably three, three or four weeks. And my birth mom actually sent a second letter to my parents. Hmm. And this time she enclosed a picture. Uh, and I'm actually looking across my office right now uh, at the picture. And it was a picture of my five younger brothers, whom I oh. had never met. Um, and so, yeah, remember, I grew up in a household with one big sister, and that was it. And so now all of a sudden, like in this instant, bam. I had five little brothers, uh, and so it was a, a freeing thing for me. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I smiled. So, when, a first, when the letter first came, you, you, it's not just heavy. You ask a lot of why questions. At least I ask. I ask a lot of why questions. So, if there's ever any adoptees um, listening who maybe you know someone has reached out to them and maybe they can empathize with me, I I began to be like, well, why now? Why why now? Why are you reaching out? Do you need money? Are you sick? And one of the legitimate thoughts I had was, does she need a kidney? And that's Mm. not a joke. That was a legitimate thought I had. And that was a part of why I was like, this is too much. I'm just gonna put it in the nightstand and uh when that picture came i can vividly remember which is just me i don't know why but i was like oh well if she needs a kidney there's five other guys who can give her one i had this like vein of freedom now i was like oh i can oh it's not all on me i don't have to feel that way but it was just a uniquely freeing and exciting thing um to understand her story a little bit more and that just gave me some freedom to to reach out to her yeah to reach out to her and start the process
1: wow so in her letter i'm assuming she gave you a way to do that right a way to connect with her?
0: You know, through our adoption agency, there was a formal process. Oh, and so okay. uh, essentially she let me know that she had done her half of the process. Cause I was from a closed adoption, you know, back in the early eighties. Mm-hmm. And she let me, she let me know, I've done my, my steps on the formal process. If you desire to connect, do your steps and then they will end up uh, facilitating and making the connection. So I yeah, that see. was how it went down after that.
1: So, how long after you got the letter or letters did you actually mm-hmm. get to meet with her?
0: First letter was December of 11. Yep, December of 11. Um, second letter was January of 12. We uh, spoke on the phone in April of 2012 for the first time, and then mm. we met in person in July of 2012 for the first time. Wow. So, I mean, it was uh, from that first letter till we actually met. My wife and I flew to a, a neutral site and we met her. Um, and yeah, so it was within you know and six months. What seven was that months. like? Uh, it was incredible. It was, um, yeah, it was. It was incredible. It was emotional. Yeah, uh, I remember. Again, there's a theme for me that um, I was just exhausted, um, and I'm just learning big emotions cause me to be tired, and mm. uh, that's just part of awareness I've gained on myself. And so, like, I even wanted to go to bed not long after meeting her, like early that night. I was just so, so exhausted. But it was, it was rich. Uh, it was disorienting because you know I began to get pieces of my story. I would ask a lot of questions about my father. Where did I come from? Um, all these kind of things that had always just been a mystery to me. And so I began to get to unpack some of that and learn uh, more and more of where I came from. And, and uh, well, yeah, that, that very piece learned, learn some of my own story.
1: Yeah. I can just kind of picture that. And I think we probably all have seen some reunification videos that people take or something, you know, where, where uh, you just run up to each other and grab, you know, big hugs and, and crying and, and just kind of hold each other for a while and then, eventually start to ask questions and just soak each other in a little bit is that kind of is that the right picture
0: man mine wasn't fully like that at the start really it was more it was more awkward and i hope in sharing that i can give some freedom to maybe just because i I completely understand what you're saying and obviously i've seen those same videos but it wasn't that for me like I For met sure. her. And even so then in October of that year, I went and met my biological brothers cause they didn't know I existed. So she ended up telling them mm-hmm. and it was, it was, I'll just be frank. It was more awkward because I was with these people that you had this immense connection with. Right. So obviously, I mean, I felt like emotional connection. I know this is my birth mom. I know these are my brother's but you're a complete stranger. Like, I don't know anything about you. It's weird. They <laughs> were from different parts of the country. And so like, and even culturally their family was very different. Like there were some very um, foundational roots that were the same um, based in the church uh, followers of Jesus. But I mean, their family and my adoptive family couldn't be farther apart um, in just um, it, it, well, in many ways. And so it was, it was actually awkward and, and tough, hmm.
1: Um
0: But, but I've always said this, and it's just one of our phrases that my, my birth mom and I have that Priscilla and I have is that like, we talked about the elephants and that's always my encouragement to people is just like, you gotta be willing to lean into that because Mm. it's huge emotions, a lot of awkwardness, a lot of elephants, and you just got to keep pointing at them and talking about it. Um, and to where now, and this is, you know, I mean, nine years later, um, like we have legitimate relationship. We spend holidays together. They're integrated. And I use the word grafted, you know, they're just a part of our grafted family. And my kids hardly know a world without them and without their uncles, but that's just years of kind of like all other relationships, right? Like your marriage, close friendships, like you just got to put in work. You just got to choose it over and over again. So it was actually awkward for me. I'll say that it was awkward and tough at the start
1: yeah you know and you you're probably right in that it could be freeing for somebody else listening to this going you know what i didn't i don't i didn't have that uh epiphany moment that uh, beautiful uh, embrace and all that stuff and I, I think maybe hollywood probably glorifies that a little bit you know we probably see that in movies and other things as well so it's kind of it's really cool it's it's refreshing to hear you just give that honest um take on what happened for you so that's that's really Mm -hmm. cool so you mentioned faith that obviously played a huge part in your adoption journey and uh, it sounds like you've really grasped well found your faith and grasped it over the years can you Mm -hmm. talk about how your faith has played the part throughout your whole journey to where you are now I know you don't want to talk about your faith right that's not big for you (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah, Just I, don't kidding. I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to tell my story or to even talk about my life without it because, <laughs> you know, we talk about that rebellious season. I, I know, I know the um, well, there's a parable that Jesus told about two debtors, right? One who was uh, in debt 50 and one who's debt 500. And which one mm-hmm. do you think understands the depth of forgiveness more? The one who owed 50 or the one who owed 500. And I'm like, well, I owed 5,000 uh, in that parable. So for me, Yeah. I mean, I, I've been in holes. I, you know, I battled substance abuse. I've heard all of those closest to me. I failed out of college. I mean, it was a college, college flunk out. Um, And I have um, from, you know, a a broken scenario of two teenage kids who got pregnant um, unexpectedly. Um, And I have been uh, blessed beyond, uh, beyond recognition. I've been called and and chosen for a lot of things that I'm thankful for. And so I think, what What did faith play for me? Um, I think in the journey of both both being an adoptive father of a, you know, um a, um, a son who had tough beginnings, um, who was drug exposed in the womb, um who battles uh, some real challenges, like some mental health challenges, even at a young age that he didn't choose. Um, And then even as an adult, you know, grafting into my own biological family and, and to add to the story too, you know, I've reached out to my biological father and he's chosen not to have a relationship with me even Mm -hmm. now as an adult. And I think the thing I would say is that faith's kind of given me a larger story to be able to continue to take steps that on earth maybe seem hard or don't make sense. Or how do you do that? And it's just given me the the grace and the courage to keep taking one step at a time. And, uh, you know, even before we started recording, I said to you, you know, the word rich, because I was with my family, my adoptive family this past weekend. Like, it was hard. It was messy. We had some tough health challenges going on. And but I used the word rich and you were like, huh. And I would just say that's probably what. My faith, that's probably what um God has provided for me is that context, that perspective of the blessings that I have in the midst of hard uh mess, uh challenge, which by the way, that's what every family is, just secret. <laughs> every every family, whether biological, adoptive, yeah, whatever, right. has challenges, has mess, has brokenness. And I think the more we're we can we can lean into that and keep taking steps, you know, and maybe it doesn't make sense. Like like why, why, why reunify with my biological family when it doesn't make sense? Uh, why reach out to my dad when he chooses to reject? So why should I forgive? Cause that, that does hurt as an adult. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'll just share it. That, that hurts. Uh, why open your home to um, another child that isn't um, of your flesh, but to choose every single day to, to love them as your own. Um, and we've done that, you know, we, we ended up bringing in a young lady who was 20, at the time who had been, you know, in a tough situation and she lost her father when she was 13. So I'm essentially a father figure to her. And so like, why, why choose family like that? In addition to having our bio kids, like what, why choose it that way? And for me, it's because there's just calling higher in our life uh, that I think we were all created for and everyone's story is unique, but that's specifically for us, why we've chosen to kind of take those steps into the heart. Yeah.
1: Yeah. you can hear it in your voice and then you're, you're telling your story, what what it means to you and how much it's changed you and worked on you and god's mm. definitely been working in your life and just in that little bit of a, a story you shared at the very beginning and you're we're just jumping on this call to record this podcast and your your birth mom calls you i mean that's just absolutely god moments like you said that's things that he's done over your life i can tell in the little bit of time that i've known you so uh, I love what you're doing and, and how you're reaching out to people th- through your podcast. Let's talk about that. What led you to start your podcast, and and what do you talk about on combos with Clay?
0: Yeah, and I, um, I, I will talk about that. I promise. I just wanted to share. I just wanted to share one quick thing on all of it. On the especially with um, taking in kiddos, you know, again as an adoptee and as an adopted dad, in my faith, I just want to connect one point real quick you know, it talks about the purest form of religion is uh, taking care of widows and orphans. And yep. I will tell you, being an adoptive dad, it's one of the greatest challenges and hardest things for me. I, I know some people um, don't experience that as adoptive parents. We we, I, we can express our challenge um, and it's hard and we have to choose it every single day. And being an adoptive an adoptee who's been reunified with my bio family, it's hard, it's mm. messy, it's weird. And that's, that's the purest form. Like, that's the thing that, that actually is the purest form. Uh, if I'm going to, you know, believe what the Bible says uh, personally. And so those, those things have just kind of keep and t- take us deeper and deeper. And so for anybody who um, may be listening who professes faith or professes to be a Christian um, that like, let that sit with you for a minute, that mm-hmm. choosing to do this and choosing to love someone and put them into your family, graft them in and choose them as your own. Um It'll be the, one of the weightiest things you do because it's defined as uh, you know one of the purest forms of following uh, following God that there is. and so that just always daily uh, challenges my paradigm of <laughs> what it means what oh it means. yeah so yeah, absolutely an earthy, birth of you there so the my podcast combos with Clay yeah the thing the thing we talk about there there's um, since you got me going on my faith, I'm just going to keep
1: on going oh no and, you're and, fine. come on now absolutely. come on now and, and, keep it and, going Luke.
0: In Luke, there's the the verse uh, in the King James translation that says, the son of man came to seek and save what was lost. And for me, I, I, I believe I was created for a life. And by the way, uh, I believe you are, Tim, I believe everybody listening is created for a very unique purpose. And I think a part of the fall, a part of what happens with men, uh, with women is that it's not just that... Um, we're fallen and separated from God, and we need uh, salvation, which we do. And my belief comes that comes from from Jesus Christ, um, and that alone. Um, um, through Him, you can't you can't earn it in any way, shape, or form. I also believe there's a life we were created for on Earth. A life that we were given—a calling for here uh, in the dash, from the day we're born till the day we die—that often is lost on Christians. And so, mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of Christians, in my opinion, walking through life with with salvation, with eternity secure, but yet not fully alive to the life that was lost of theirs here on earth. The calling, you know, that the brokenness and the fall puts on us. And so, the podcast has started to have conversations with. Those that I believe uh, have um, awakened have been restored to the life, uh, and they just share their stories, and we just talk about different areas that they have expertise on their own personal journeys, because we want to we want people to be alive, we want people to be fully awake, purposeful, um, to the very unique thing they were created for, and I think telling stories and listening to the stories of others often will give us courage. I believe it will often catalyze us to take steps that don't make sense because when we see others do it and we can connect with them in their weaknesses, in their pain, in their brokenness, and then yet see them taking those steps towards purpose, that often will give us the courage to to do that on our own. So. That's what we've done with the podcast. We started it earlier this year and it's just a blast because I, one, I love talking. So <laughs> my, poor, my poor mom used to always say, she used to say, honey, could you just use your inside voice just a little bit? So, And I haven't figured that out yet. So uh, I don't I'm think just you trying need to, to find a way. I'm no. just to do what? I
1: don't think you need to find your inside voice. I think you got a great voice. I think you're supposed to be podcasting. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: Well, I love, I love doing it. I've really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, so that's the, that's the heart of the podcast.
1: And if you go to claysteves.com, you can uh, easily see where all of his, his rep episodes are there. And, and a couple that stand out to me are, are one Steve Largent. And if anybody mm-hmm. knows uh, football and NFL, uh, that'd be a pretty cool episode to listen to. And the other one is with your wife, episode 14. And then that's pretty cool to have your wife. I've had my wife on uh, once or twice, and it is uh, it is a blast. It's fun to just have them tell stories a change and kind of uh, work with each other on the podcast. How was that to go, to have a podcast episode with your wife?
0: <laughs> Man, it was awesome. <laughs> no, no, it was incredible. It's yeah. so different, right? It was just so yeah. different. Right. Um, and it... it, it just the other day uh I was talking with somebody and they asked what my favorite episode was and it was like bam, oh, the one I had to talk with Kirsten. Yeah. Is it, <clears throat> I just think, you know, we've walked the same journey together. We've right. been married um almost almost sixteen years now. And just to hear, you know, just her her grace and her wisdom and her patience that she's um grown in and lived out over these years. Um, just the power. I mean, she really is a powerful woman and a really Uh, I really enjoyed listening to her share pieces of our story that I was like, Oh (laughs) my goodness. Yeah. So yeah, that was my favorite one. Easy.
1: Yeah, that's, that is cool. That's fun. Uh, But before we wrap up, I want to make sure and uh, give you a chance to tell, to talk to people. So most people listening to this are either wanting to adopt. um, They're, they're thinking about adoption and they're, it's the infant adoption guide podcast, right? So they're probably looking at adopting a baby and they're, a lot of people come to this podcast not knowing a lot not a lot about adoption. Yeah. And and I tell people all the time, you know, adoption is not it doesn't end when that baby's placed with you. It begins. You know, yeah. you talk about the journey that goes on and it there there is a total journey and it lots of times it's a roller coaster journey that gets you to the point where that baby's placed with you. And like you said, it, it can be a mess, a blessed mess. Yeah. But that adoption really begins at placement. I mean, and you've talked about that in your journey, how your family raised you. You, you never were told that you were adopted because you always knew. And that that's so cool uh, being adopted, especially in the 80s when maybe that didn't happen so much when I closed adoption. So in this world with open adoption and people having a lot more connections with their kids' as birth families, yeah, and you are you got people that are, wanting to adopt listening to you right now what tips or stories or resources what would you tell them about wanting to adopt
0: yeah <clears throat> well the first the first phrase that came in my head um i just encourage as you um one, I'd encourage you you know pray with it be aligned with your spouse uh, oh, yeah. make that step together if you're married um if you're solo and doing it that's incredible as well um but but be courageously authentic with your kiddo um, if you make that choice. Of course, there's there's wisdom in um, I mean I don't I don't sit and talk to my eight-year-old every day about some of the brokenness that he comes from, right you know what I mean we don't talk about <laughs> uh, because I wouldn't do that with any eight-year-old right but exactly. I'm not I'm not hiding elements like he and I um, have always talked like he knows his birth parents names and he asks us a lot of questions and we talk about it and at this point they're not, in a healthy season where, um, well, we don't know where they are, but they're not in a healthy season previously where, where they could have had a relationship with him, but I am hopeful. I'm hopeful for restoration that he will be able to know them and uh, I will share with him along the way, every bit I can. And I just always appreciated um, my adoptive parents being willing to do that and my biological family. And so I would just encourage that piece is be courageously authentic um, with your kiddo. And even, even to the degree of what you struggle with. Um, and I think, I mean, I'd encourage any parent to be that way, by the way, with their kids, it's somewhere that I'm, I'm trying to grow in myself, you know, Hey, you know, son, I'm struggling with this Mm -hmm. in our dynamic, or I'm struggling with, I'm sorry, I I lost it here. And so I just think that goes so far in what is, what is a hard situation. Um, so, um, because it's like, you know, because we have biological kiddos and adoptive an adoptive son, and I don't, um, I don't treat them different because some are biological or some are adoptive, but I have to parent all of my kids differently because they're unique and individual in themselves, right? Like mm-hmm. they, they just are. It's, it's like, I just think of certain co- great coaches. If you think back how they know that you have a team standards and you have uh, values that you have to hold to, but you also have to know how to man manage. <laughs> you have to lead your team, your kiddos differently. And so, be courageously authentic and understand you're going to have to have different conversations with an adoptive child. Um, And that's a part of what makes the relationship rich and special and can be their badge of honor and let them connect with other kiddos. Um, And then the other, if I could just give like a practical thing too, uh, getting community, getting community with people who are going through the same thing or have gone through the same thing before you just to be able to go, I am battling X, Y, Z. And they can go, Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I struggle (laughs) over years with that. And you can, it just almost gives you that like, oh i'm not just weird or struggling this on my own and um you know we we've found a couple families like that and we don't even connect with them it's not like we connect every week or talk but just to be able to have somebody that you can call once or when you see them once a month or you connect with them somewhere and you can just look at each other and be like oh i I know what you're going through Mm -hmm. it's just that empathy to where it can give you a little piece of encouragement so just you know pursue those because as you said That was one of our great challenges post adoption was we kind of felt um, in the desert on an Island by ourselves, And uh, we didn't have a bunch of our close friends just hadn't gone through similar experiences. And so for us over the years to find some relationships that have similar experiences that really helped us um, navigate some, some tough seasons and tough times.
1: That's so, so true. I'm so glad you said that because community is so important. I think we lose sight of it and and maybe we get some of that as we're going through the adoption process. But then after the child's place with you, you're like, ah, I don't really need that many people around me anymore, but you really mm-hmm. do. You know, and mm-hmm. we've been through three adoptions and I've found, man, that's so important to have that. And if you can get, like you said, people that you can actually sit down and, you know, eye, eye need to knee with and just talk and really have that connection with that. You can't really get with anybody else because they're experiencing yep. the same things you are. That's so important. If you can't get that, though, go at least try to find a group um, online that you could try to connect with. And and I know Facebook's groups are fine, fine, and we have one and it's great. Uh, but they're a little impersonal. It's you know, you kind of dive into the sea of of thousands of people, and it's hard to get a real good personal connection with. So I'm working on that. I wanna, I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna let the cat out of the bag a little bit here. But come on now, I'm gonna, I'm little, I'm working on that. I wanna help people get better community in a smaller more intimate personal way and we're working on that and it's coming so uh stay tuned we'll we'll share more with you guys as as we get that figured out but uh so as we wrap up here clay i want to have people uh, be able to figure out how to connect with you i already mentioned claysteves.com is that the best place
0: that is yeah and then uh, that's the best place online and then the podcast platform at combos with clay that's exactly right. awesome
1: yeah go check it out uh, you can get it on, on the website but also i'm sure anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast yours is Correct. there just search yep. for it
0: yeah can i tell you a cool nugget on yeah name, please uh to kind of tie it with this whole story so <clears throat> recently we were doing a Uh, A video shoot. It was actually a year ago, Father's Day. So I shouldn't say recently. It was a year ago with Brave Love, which is an adoption organization. If you know Brave Love, fantastic organization. Okay. Well, so there's a Father's Day video that I did for them. And I was doing some research ahead of time. I was going through some of my old uh, hospital records, no joke, because my birth mom had saved all these and given them to me. And um, this was before we had made the podcast, before we'd started it. And what I figured out, check this out, Tim, I learned this at 30, I would have been 38 at that time. In the first 13 days of my life, I had four names. I had four names. And I discovered that at 38 years old. And so when I chose the podcast of Combos of Clay, like the clay was very intentional because I was um, like, man, who are we? Who am I? And like understanding who we are, understanding where we came from. Like I was going through a season then of even like finding out that I had, Four names. And that'll rattle you, by the way. I don't know why. Maybe it's just me. I shouldn't say it'll rattle you. It rattled me (laughs) as a grown man to be like, I had four names? Like... um. Who am I? And so uh, it really has been a, a journey for me of like knowing who I am and Clay being molded, right? Molded by God, no matter the story that comes before it. Um, that's That's been a, a big piece for me. So it's just a little, little insider tip. If you go listen to the podcast, that's why I named it that. Not just because I want my name in there, but because for my story um, in the adoption realm and the reunification realm, that was a big piece of knowing who I am in the story because... Uh, we are given a name and names matter. And that was a a very molded by God name for me. Yeah, there you
1: go. Nice. Appreciate that. Yeah. Go listen to his podcast. Uh, I mean, just listening to your voice, you have just one of those voice voices. That's just easy to listen to. So (laughs) it's going to be easy to, uh, to listen to all the episodes you got on there, but what are you working on now? What's the future look like for you? Ooh, which direction to go here, Tim?
0: (laughs) I mean, you tease that groups (laughs) thing, which I love. I love that you're doing that. Um, you know, we, we work in orthopedics. I've got a few things there, the podcasts I'm very passionate about, but really, uh, the, in the pandemic year in 2020, I wrote my first book and it really is my birth mom and I's story. It's our, our two stories kind of grafted, um, together very similarly as our families have been. And so for me, it's putting the finishing touches on trying to, uh, um, button that down clean that up to then try to begin to get that published so uh that for me in the near future that's one of my big dreams that is coming into reality wow. um is that we're we're finishing um, a full a full book which is quite a thing if you've ever done before holy moly to write a book uh it is a journey especially your own story it can be quite emotional
1: <laughs> I bet. and you've got a lot to write about so that i, I can't wait to see that book uh let, let us know when you get that because i i will share it on the on the show and uh on the website and yeah. Make sure people get a hold of the books. That sounds amazing. Just getting a little bit of your story here in the last 40 minutes is uh, just kind of teased us all that I want to know more and more details, which I'm sure you'll share in the book. Uh, wow. What a unique way to write a book, though, with your, with your birth mom. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, man. It's been it was, it's was it been fun. And it's been uh, again, I'm just going to use the word again. It's been rich. I'm not going to overthink <laughs> it. It's been, I, like been very that. Rich. I like that. Yeah.
1: Rich is good. Yeah well thanks for coming on the show uh we'll have all these uh, show notes uh, of what we talked about in your links in the show notes at infiniteoptionguide.com uh man i could talk to you for a long time i'm so glad we had you on the show you such a unique perspective and uh you have the heart of of a man that is uh, is is for your family and for god and that's just uh to me that's what it's all about so i'm very blessed to have you on the show
0: Uh, Same, same here, Tim. Keep, keep doing what you're doing because uh, kiddos like me and then uh, dads like me are thankful for the efforts you're making because it makes a difference in both of those, both of those um, people's lives. And uh, so just keep doing what you're doing. I know, I know uh, I'm honored and thankful uh, to come alongside you.
1: Very good. Thanks, Clay. Absolutely. All right, amazing interview with Clay. Love this guy. He is just awesome. I could listen to him all day long. I hope you go check out his podcast, Convos with Clay, and it's over at claysteves.com or you can go find it on Apple Podcasts, uh, uh, Google, anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Go check him out, listen to him. Great episodes that he's putting out there. And you can find all the links that we talked about in the show notes today at infantadoptionguide.com and the podcast page. You'll see this episode with Clay Steves. Just invite you to go check it out and check all the resources that we got there at infiniteoptionguide.com. There's a lot of stuff on there, a lot of great podcasts and articles, recent uh, new articles that are just posted. So check those things out. And we got some freebies for you as well. Um, If you sign up for our email list, which we do not spam anybody, we just give you awesome, really cool uh, infinite option information. And you can stay connected with me. So uh, we can uh, support each other through the adoption process. So go to InfiniteAdoptionGuide.com and get started there. And we will talk to you next time on the show. And until then, I have you in my prayers as you go through your adoption adventure, your journey to build your family through infinite adoption. God bless and we'll talk to you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to my dad.